May only truth be spoken here and only truth be heard in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I invite you to be seated. So all through this week, I found I've, I've been struck by Jesus saying to Martha, there's only one thing. And I thought about it, there's only one thing that is necessary. And I realized, I was like, I don't know what that thing is. What does he mean? What does he mean? What is that one thing? And long story short, I didn't really figure it out till I was driving here. And I'm kind of curious. I'm not going to say yet what I think the one thing is. <laughs> but it was so simple when it came to me that I was like, I bet there's someone in the congregation that when I say all week, I was wondering what's the thing. There's someone who already has that answer in their mind. So if that is you, please don't say it because it will make, make me look kind of dumb. And uh, <laughs> But I'm curious, you know, if, if for you there was a word or a phrase or an idea that popped into your head when you hear Jesus say, there's only one thing that's necessary. And like lots of things that, you know, when we, when we study the Bible, there's room for your answer there too. But I'm, I'm going to get to what, what mine is. But first, I just want to kind of back up and, and look at this story together. Um, first of all, I was struck by the difference between how Abraham's household runs and how Martha's household runs. Um, it's, it's very interesting that Martha um, is a woman who invites Jesus into her house. That, that was not something that would have been very typical for the woman to be the householder um, and to run the house. Um, and yet we see maybe some of the difficulty of being a woman who's running the house um, in this time period that Jesus was walking the earth. Because unlike Abraham, Abraham has some guests, he has some important guests, and he says, hey, you, go do this. Hey, you, go do that. Sarah, make bread. You know, he, and everyone's kind of running around to do his bidding. Now, Martha has a very important guest. But I notice that she doesn't seem to have anybody else that, that she can ask for help. Um, or, or, or perhaps she doesn't feel that she has the authority to ask for help. For whatever reason, instead of talking directly to her sister, she ends up going to Jesus and kind of saying, well, can you tell her what to do? Because she's not, you know, she doesn't seem to run her house in the same way. And um, I noticed, I, I can't, you know, I really can't help but identify, I, I'd love to feel like I was more like Mary, sort of like peacefully sitting at Jesus' feet. But like, most of the time, I feel more like Martha. Like, I'm like, I got all this stuff to do. Who's going to help me do it? Um, and, and I think, you know, we're a small church, so we probably feel that way too, you know? Even if you don't feel that way all the time, you can probably identify with Martha. And, and especially if you grew up with a sibling, you can identify with that desire. You know, you can see what your sibling is not doing right, and you can identify with that desire to sort of go to an authority and get that sibling set straight um, so that they can do what it is you know that they are supposed to be doing. So, you know, the story we can all kind of identify, and, and, and Martha, 
oh, she's distracted by her many tasks. And, and this is what Jesus notices. Um, he notices her distraction. And that's where he says, there is need of only one thing. Now, the, the, some of the history of the interpretation of this text looks at, will kind of take Mary and Martha as exemplifying two paths of Christian life and elevating, taking Jesus' words to mean that one is better than the other. So you might think of Martha's path of Christian life as the path of um, action in the world or maybe service. And some traditional forms of interpreting this story will sort of counterpose action and service against what Mary does, which is contemplation or prayer. And we'll read Jesus as sort of putting those two in a hierarchy where action and service is fine if that's what you do, but where you really wanna be is in this sort of ecstatic, prayerful, contemplative state. Does that sound familiar at all? Um, that sense of like prayer over action. But then there's other uh, times in Christian churches. I, I, I said this to a friend of mine, a, a colleague in ministry. I said, you know what I don't really love? I don't love when churches end their service by saying at the end of the service, and now our real service begins. Because I'm like, this was a real service. This church is a real service. You know, worship is, is true service. And he was like, but I always say that in my church. And I was like, well, no, I still love you. Um, but there is that other, you know, another way we look at it is to say the prayer is fine, but it's action that we really need to be about. It's service that we really need to about, be about. So all I'm doing here is drawing your attention to the fact that these two sisters end up being, being used as symbols of these two paths of Christian life. And as human beings, we tend to want to say, this one's more important or that one's more important. Um, you know, you'll see this when people criticize, um, and maybe rightly so in some cases, but when people say, we don't want your thoughts and prayers, do something, right? That's a action over contemplation hierarchy. Um, or in, in another sense, you know, uh, if you've ever struggled, if you've ever sat down to pray and connect with God, and all you can think of is how many dirty dishes there are and, and the weeds in the garden and that you should call your mother, you know, um, we, we struggle with that too. Now, I'm still going to get to the one thing. But what I think is interesting is that these two sisters are sisters. And what is a sibling? What is a sister except one who comes from the same source? One who comes from the same place, a family. And I think 
the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, action and contemplation or prayer and service, we make a mistake when we kind of separate them and say, one's better, one's less meaningful. They're sisters. The household can't function without both. Or to, or to use another thought, and here we're getting closer to the one thing, it's like a rope. You don't make a rope out of one strand, you braid them. So the action and the contemplation, our prayer and our service are part of one rope. And, and it's the braiding of the two that makes that rope strong. It's the relationship between the sisters that makes that household strong. And what's happening in this passage is that they seem to have lost that sense of how valuable both are. The resentment has cropped up in that place where Martha thinks that there's no point in Mary sitting around and praying. And who knows what Mary thinks? She doesn't say anything in this, but maybe she's thinking, why is Martha running around like a chicken with her head cut off when we have Jesus here? You know? So here's the one thing. I was driving along. I said, what is that one thing? What is it? And um, I was driving along 173. And all of a sudden, I, I said to myself, it's love. And then I turned on to Route 31 from 173. You know, I've been praying. So, you know, I, when I said it's love, I don't think that came out of my brain. I think that was a nice gift. God is, God is very kind to me. So I turned on to 31 from 173. And another car, kind of an old little beat up pickup truck turned in front of me. And it was going like 25 miles an hour. And I was like, <laughs> the speed limit is 55, sir. So you should be going at least like 63. I don't know. Um, so I'm behind this pickup truck. And I'm kind of itching a little bit um, as, as, as the pickup truck makes its way down Route 31 toward, toward the church. And then I see uh, in the cab, I see this, this shape of a little dog head with his little ears. You know, I can only see the silhouette. And I see the driver go, kind of scratching, patting. And, and that distraction of being annoyed by the speed of the driver fell away. And I said, oh, right, the one thing. It's just love. It's tenderness and love. And so the rest of the way, I drove along at like 25 miles an hour. And I was like, look at this beautiful countryside. <laughs> and what a blessing it is to get to drive to this church. And the resentment that I was feeling, you know, and the many tasks. It fell away just for a minute. I'll pick them back up. You know, I'll, I'll worry about them in a little while for sure. Um, you know, that, that one thing is love. And I think that's what the, the twining of our action and our contemplation let us do. It's the prayer that lets us connect to God, to let that love overflow out of us. 
And as it's overflowing, we can't help but want to be of service. We can't help but want to act. And it's our action that connects us to one another, which just makes us want to give thanks and say to God, thank you for this gift. You know, thank you for the gift of life. I didn't, I didn't make this life. I didn't make myself be here. And yet here I am. And it's, it's like two cups that are just pouring into each other and keeping us going. And that's the one thing. It's love from one to another. Amen.